Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. Hey, thank you so much for listening to I Am Dad podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell, and I have a special guest with me today. I did not plan on her coming into the studio, but we just happened to be out and about. And I was like, let's go sit down and have a short conversation because we were having such a great conversation in the car. And what I'm bringing to you today is a conversation that is for dads, but it is also for everybody. Because you've heard me talk about um, the need for, even in my work, to include this voice of Generation Zers. Uh, My next guest is on the cusp of being a Generation Zer, but if you know her and know her characteristics, she is a straight up Generation Zer. And I've been talking about Generation Zers for a minute. And so before we get started, I'll give you the number two or the top two characteristics of a Generation Zer um, so that you recognize them if you have children that are 24 years old or younger. The number one characteristic of a Generation Zer is that they are intimately connected to technology, meaning their entire life surrounds technology. What does that mean? And so if you have sons and a nephew like I do, teenage sons in the house, and they play Xbox and PS4, and they're on their phones, they watch YouTube, everything that they do is on their phones and their computer. If they don't do something right in school, One of our go-tos back in the day was always, when I was growing up, you can't go outside and play with your friends. Now with them, you can't be on your phone or you can't play games. Well, for these kids, if you disconnect them from technology, you are literally taking them away from everything that they know. Because even if you say, go upstairs and do your homework, guess where their homework is? On technology. Guess how they talk to other of their friends? On technology. Guess how they watch TV? on their cell phones. Guess what they're doing on the Xbox? They're talking to all of their other friends on NBA Live. And so they are intimately connected to technology. The second characteristic of Generation Zers is that they have absolutely no fear of authority. And on one end, that's a great thing because it keeps them um, progressive in their thought and their abilities. But on another end, particularly for African-American children, that could be a bad thing when it comes to having the conversation, particularly with boys, about their interactions with police. And so you wonder why it's hard to talk to our boys, particularly our young boys today, about how to respond when they're pulled over by police. And you're telling them, keep your hands to tend them to, be quiet and say, sir. That is totally against everything that they are because you're speaking from a place of fear and they have absolutely no fear in that situation whatsoever. So I'm bringing you today my daughter, um, Nzinga Braswell. Um, she is a licensed esthetician doing her thing here in Atlanta, Georgia, and she is a true generation zeer. Um, even though she's on the cusp of being one, she is. She kicked off the whole thing. And so we're going to talk today and what I want to 
talked to her about has really given us some perspective a little bit, particularly when it comes to girls and how we as fathers have conversations with our daughters. And particularly when you are a baby boomer like myself, or you happen to be a Gen Xer, or you happen to be a millennium dad, and you're trying to relate to this Generation G Z, Generation Z child, it could be very, very different. So how you doing? I'm doing great. Wonderful. <laughs> she don't know. She don't know what she in for today. I know. <laughs> but we just going to have a conversation. Tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days. Um, well, currently I am just working on building myself and building my business. Um, I recently um, finished school getting my educator's license. So I'm working on kind of getting into that aspect of teaching because that's something that I really love to do. So kind of trying to find a way to incorporate my business and what I do in the field and the treatment room, along with being able to teach and kind of help new estheticians become as great as they want to be and kind of helping them expand their education, expand their revenue and just being the best person that they can be. Now, when I was growing up, we were always told, um, go to high school, graduate for high school, go to college, come home, get a job, get married, buy a house, then have children. That's, that was our line. That was the line that we were given. And do that all by 18 years old. That if you don't do that and if you're not done by 18 years old, you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're going to have to find a job or an apartment somewhere else. Now, you've broken that mold. What does it take and... What is the mindset today, particularly of young people, when it comes to particularly college and going off and fulfilling their dreams without taking that track to success? Well, with college, I feel like it's not for everybody. It's not meant for everybody. Um, for me and for my profession, college didn't make any sense. And now I went to college for a whole year, had the time of my life, but it just wasn't meant for what I was trying to do. And I honestly look at that lifestyle that you talked about as the easy way out, because this is not at all easy. Having a business is not easy. Dropping out of school, letting people know that you want to kind of go off on a limb and start a business and you have no clue what's going on or what you're going to do. It's a whole lot harder than just going to college and complying and getting a job in the healthcare field or becoming a lawyer and, you know, kind of going that field of being a normal American dream life. So I think for me, it kind of gives me a new perspective on the way we can do things. And as I watch, I watch a lot of videos and a lot of people who have a lot of money, they don't, they don't talk about their college life. They don't talk about how college helped them get to where they're at. It's entrepreneurship that helped them get to where they're at. It's having a business, having you know, multiple forms of income that helped them get to where they're at. So I feel like for me, I want a whole lot more than just the American dream. I want a whole lot more than just to wake up every day, go to work, come home, go to sleep, have a family. I want to do more for myself, more for my family, more for the family to come. You know, generational wealth is something that I really am passionate about and having, making sure that when I leave this earth, my mark is on this earth and being a doctor is not the way I'm going to do that. I have to be something different. So that's okay. the way I'm doing that. You know, a lot of people think that when you think that way and when you work that way, that you're putting your life on hold, like that, or you're prolonging how long it's going to take to become successful, which is very clear now that that's not the case. We're watching pop culture. And I was talking to some friends the other day about this generation of, of um, black children in particular 
and some of the things that they're having to do that black people in general, particularly in this country, have not had the um, opportunity to do. And so talking about people like Jay-Z and Beyonce and raising Blue Ivy and Kanye, uh, raising North, South, East, West, what I always forget, which <laughs> <laughs> one, Saturn, Moon, whatever their names are, right? <laughs> Rihanna, um, P. Diddy, Oprah, other folks, these um, Shaq, Soon, LeBron James, Dre, billionaires. Like they're not raising the typical black child mm -hmm. where that scenario that I talked about, go to college, go to school is going to work. These kids have to go through a crash course of how to maintain generational legacy. Do you feel a burden when you think about how life has changed for you when it comes to that? Yes, I really do. And I feel like this life is all about breaking the struggle, like breaking that ideal that like we talked about having to struggle in order to get to where you have to be. Like, I feel like with our where we're at in our lives, like our kids shouldn't have to struggle. Our kids shouldn't have to go through the same things that we have went through. Like, I feel like we should all want better. And for some reason, for a long time, I felt like, you know, you go through school and at 18, you get kicked out. You get no more help from anybody. The government doesn't want to help you. Your parents don't want to help you. No one wants to help you get to the top. And how do you expect anybody to excel, especially in the black household, to excel when they have no help? At 18, even at 23, I don't have life figured out. I don't know where I'm going to go. After days, I just go with the flow. I, I live my life completely delusional. I feel like that's the best way to live it. I mean, when you dream big, there's endless opportunities. And I feel like we look at time and age as like we're on this strict time limit. By 18, you're out the house. You have to have your stuff together. You should be going to college. By 21, you should be graduated from college. You should be getting a good job. You should be doing something. You know, by 25, you should be married. You should have kids. You should be doing all this kind of stuff. And by 50, you should be retired. Why do we have to follow that same timeline? Why do we have to live our life on a timeline that's not meant for us? That's not meant for us to do. I feel like at 23, even though, you know, I wish I was in a better place, but I'm still extremely young and I still have a lot to learn and I have a lot of places to go. So I just try to not put myself in time limits and I try not to put myself in a box because I feel like my life is endless. And I know a bunch of people who they didn't even make it big until they were in their 30s or 40s. So why am I forcing myself to be so successful, so successful at 23 when I have so much more life to live? I have so many things to, you know, experience. I want to travel. I want to do a whole bunch of stuff. So I feel like throughout my life, I will gain success by expanding my knowledge. And that's my biggest thing is just being knowledgeable, being open, being able to be taught because I feel like once you stop learning, that's when you stop living. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember when you and I had the conversation when you were telling me that you were going to leave Kennesaw and like, there was this like moment of silence and like, I could not get my head around, like, because you had always said, I want to do this. I want to be a sports doctor. I'm going to go here. Like you had it laid out and we were following the script as your parents. We were just like, okay, let's go this. And when you told me you weren't going, I don't know if I ever told you this. I didn't come to this epiphany until later on when I was actually talking to it to somebody. And I've spoken about it a couple of times. And I said, what I realized when she told me that she wasn't going to Kennesaw to become a sports doctor is she literally took my story away. 
Like, so I didn't have that story to tell to my friends anymore. Hey, yeah, you know, my daughter's going to Kennesaw. She's going to be a sports doctor. Yeah, I'm going to cook her up with the NFL. And when you said you wasn't going, I have no story no more. And I didn't know how to translate that story from my daughter's going to be a sports doctor for the NFL or the NBA to being an esthetician because I really didn't know what an esthetician was mm -hmm. because I translated that in my head to being a hairdresser. Yeah. And I'm like, how'd she get from here? To, like, where did I go wrong? Like, what did I do? And it took me a minute to kind of get my head around what you were doing, but it takes a particular type of person to take a bold step like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what we've done as parents to give you the confidence to be able to do that. But if there are parents out there that are trying to figure out how to encourage their children to take those bold steps, what should they be doing or saying? Being supportive and always supporting a plan. I think for me, the main thing was when I said I wanted to drop out of school, I remember I was talking to people and it was like, just have a plan. It doesn't have to be set in stone. It doesn't have to be you have to follow this. But when I first thought about how I wanted to leave school, I was like, I'm going to be a makeup artist. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do all this stuff. But what can you do just saying you're going to be a makeup artist? You can't do anything like that. So for me, it was like I became an esthetician because with the esthetician, I get a license. With my esthetician license, I have a broad amount of things that I can kind of jump into under this license that is now legal for me to do. So it's not like I'm stuck just being a makeup artist. I'm not stuck just doing facials. I'm not stuck just doing waxing. I have a bunch of different things that I can dibble and dabble into. So for me, it was having that plan and knowing that I had the freedom to float around in the industry and kind of find what my niche was inside the industry. So really trying to understand understand the profession and understand how far you can go with it. Because I didn't even understand when I said I wanted to be an esthetician, how far I could really go with being an esthetician and with my esthetician license. But I knew like I wanted to help people. That was something that I want to do. And I mean, being a doctor is the same thing. You want to help people. If I want to be a sports, you know, manager, I was going to help athletes. Now I'm just helping people who want to take care of their skin. It's just a different form of helping people. So I knew that was my passion and I knew that I always wanted to work with people. So it's just finding a way to get your passion and kind of making it make sense mm -hmm. and almost trying to find a place that you can put yourself in that doesn't close you out, but it almost gives you structure to figure out where you want it to go. Because when I first started school, I was set in stone that I want to be a makeup artist. I haven't done makeup since I graduated school, <laughs> but that's because I learned so much more while I was in school. So having that plan opened me up to a bunch of different things I didn't even know existed. So I think it's all about understanding and learning what you want to do and then kind of finding something that gives you the flexibility to kind of move around in that same type of field. So that if you're like, uh, today I was like, I don't want to do facials no more. I could start waxing and I could still be fine. I could still move on in my field nothing would change in terms of regulations and I would be fine when I wanted to teach. I just went back to school and I started teaching. I didn't have to go back to college. I just went to go get my license to teach and now I can teach in the capacity of what I love to talk about. So just finding that and understanding your profession is honestly the best way. So I would just always say just be supportive and just understand the plan and understand that they may switch up a million and one times, mm -hmm. but as long as they, you know, they're staying under that umbrella of what they want to do, then that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes, you know, when we, you know, as parents, um, you don't want to, you want to help, but you don't want to break. Like, you don't want to break it. Like, I remember um, 
like the first time I held you and the doctor handed you to me, my mind was around, I want to hold her, but I don't want to drop her. We kind of go mm-hmm. right to like the worst piece of it. Mm-hmm. Like we forget about the, 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 the good piece of it. And like, we don't want to break up. Mm-hmm. What can parents do to stifle children from thinking that way? And what would she be, what should we be mindful of when it comes to encouraging our kids or breaking their spirit? Um, because we have this old traditional way of thinking about how success is achieved. What are some of the things we should not be doing? Um, being close-minded. That's the biggest thing. I mean, this world is so big and there's so many things that you can kind of do. And I know I've had this conversation with my mom a lot because she's the logical person when it comes to talking. So I know when I go to her, I'll always get logic. I'm a very delusional person. I think big, I think bold, but she's like, hold on. I know you want to do that, but this, and sometimes it can be very discouraging. And I, you know, I've talked to her about that. Like sometimes it can be discouraging when I'm being delusional and she's being logical, but at the same time, I know it's coming from a place of I'm trying to protect you. I don't want you to fall. So allowing them to be delusional, but then when they come to you for advice, being coming from a space from you want to do this and I've been through things that have showed me how to do this, so I'm going to help you through this. Not saying it can't be done, because things can always be done. But instead of coming from a place from I'm going to support you, and I've made these mistakes in my life, so we're going to learn from them together, and we're going to push forward and kind of help you create this delusion that you want to do. So if I'm saying I want to get this building, well, you don't have no money. Well, that's very true. (laughs) I don't have no money. But let's create a plan. If you don't have no money, what's the next steps? You need a savings. You need a business account. Let's talk about credit lines. Let's talk about these. Have options for them. Don't just shut them out and tell them that you can't do this because that's not fair. We can do anything. But making it so, okay, well, I wasn't taught this when I was younger, but I know now how to get money from the government. I know now how to get money from different places. So maybe you don't have money. Well, I know a site where we can get some grants from. Let's sign up for some grants. Let's do this and that and third. So always being positive and always being that supportive, you know, support their delusions support what they want to do and if they decide okay what's next we want to do no more okay well what's next what other steps we have to take to kind of get you where you want to go but just not shutting them out because as soon as you shut down an idea it just feels like no one supports you and it feels like no one is on your side and that's probably the worst feeling that you can feel mm, wow so as we close this out this has been a great conversation i'm sure this is going to help um a lot of people particularly dads who have that i mean who have girls you know this was this big whole thing a few years ago, hashtag girl dad. And I remember a lot of friends just really talking about, you know, the pleasure in raising um, girls. And I wish I had known as much then that I know now about raising girls, but you figure it out. Mm-hmm. You just kind of go. And I think one of the biggest lessons I kind of learned was breaking away from my own notion of what success is for you, mm-hmm. right? And embracing the fact that success for her may not necessarily look how I see success for her, but it's going to look like how success looks for her. I think that's the biggest thing issue we have as a parent. You know, I just was reflecting on an article that I wrote um, some time ago and was sharing this with another friend of mine. And we were been talking about this whole notion of resident and non-resident parents. And I was telling them, I was like, you know, this girl has become everything and more that I've ever wanted her to be, you know, but there's some conversation that we got to have 
about being non-resident parents, that there is people often ask if there was something that you could do um, different than you did before, what would it, what would it be? And I struggle with answering that question because if I answer it one way, it says something different to some, one of my other children. But this whole notion, if, if I could have had all of my kids in the same house with me, that would be how I would change it. Now, physically, biologically, that could never happen because I'd mm. have four baby mamas in my house and that would just be a whole a reality <laughs> show and a hot mess, right? <laughs> so, but there's this reality that we have to wrap our heads around when it comes to non-resident. And I always tell the story, and I remember telling your mom this story when we were having a conversation about something. And I said, there are things that you don't realize I don't have that you have that aren't a matter of fact of you and I and how we relate, but it's just, it is what it is, right? And I said, I don't know what it's like to see Nzinga stand in the refrigerator door, just looking in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what it's like for her to get up and have a bad morning. I don't know what it's like fresh after she's had a bad relationship or a bad day. I don't know what it's like to see her sitting there watching TV on the couch and the whole house is messed up and you want to tell her to, to do it. I don't have that. Mm -hmm. And that is something that you, you, you look at and you say, well, why would you want that? Because that's the experience mm -hmm. of being a parent. You got to put all those things to, you got to put all those things together. And so, but you got to be mindful that there are those things that are missing. When you think about your parents and how you were raised, because a lot of people struggle with this, particularly dads, and how do they show up in the lives of their children and not feel like they're missing something? Uh, what is the motivation for a dad who's struggling with raising a girl who feels like mom knows everything about the girl, but he doesn't know anything about raising a girl? Mm. What, it is, what is it that he knows but doesn't know he knows and needs to understand that it's a powerful piece to understand when raising a girl. I feel like he knows everything. I mean, people always assume that you don't know, but why assume that when you can assume that you do know? I feel like when it comes to me, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but for me, it was like, you were there. That's all you need. My mom was there. If I didn't want to talk, it didn't matter if I was talking to you or I was talking to her. I didn't want to talk. If I didn't want to tell you how my day was going, I didn't want to tell you how my day was going. If I didn't want to, if there was any type of emotion, I am the kind of person, well, and this is just me speaking from my perspective, but I'm the kind of person that when I'm ready to have a conversation, I'm ready to have it. And when I want to have that conversation, I'll have that conversation with anybody. But it's something that I have to process on my own. So for me, it just was like, there was things that I came to you to talk about. You were more of the delusionist. I could come to you about business. I could come to you about, you know, certain things. I can come to you with ideas and you would run. You would run with them. You would run with me. If I told you I wanted to be on the cheerleading team, okay, let's get you on the cheerleading team. If I told you I wanted to do Taekwondo, let's do Taekwondo. If I told you I wanted to be in the choir, let's do the choir. It was whatever, I could do whatever I wanted with you. With my mom, it was always a question. You sure you want to do this? You sure you want to do that? So I knew if I wanted more of a logical standpoint, I would go to her. If I wanted more of an unlogical standpoint, <laughs> I would go to you. So it's not about her knowing more than you or her knowing less than you. It's just y'all were two different types of parents. I went to you guys for two different types of things. It just was never a comparison of one knows more because it just was 
one is a different parent. One is there for me in certain situations and one is there for other. But when it came to like personal things like friendship breakups and boyfriend breakups and stuff like that, that was a me personal thing. I always internalized all that kind of stuff. And I had to understand those things for myself. And then when I understood them, I was okay. I don't have to talk about them anymore. Once I understand and I validated my own feelings and I feel the way that I feel, I don't have to talk to anybody about it because I'm the only person that matters when it comes to things like that. So I know people always be like, oh, well, you don't talk that much. It's because I don't need to. I, I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to talk things out. Like, I don't, that's just not the kind of person that I am. I don't know if it's because I don't know what it is, but that's just the kind of person that I am. So it just always was, I know what kind of conversation I want to have and I know what idea I have. So I know which person to go to, mm. but it wasn't. So I picked one over the other. It just was, I know them. Mm -hmm. I know them. So it's like, <laughs> I know who I want to talk to. I know, you know, mm -hmm. I know what I want to do. Like, mm -hmm. like today, when you came to pick me up, you said 30 minutes and you know, you want to steal me. I knew not to plan nothing after our dinner. Cause that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And whenever I, we spend time together, we spend the whole day together. Mm -hmm. I know that me and mom on the hand, we watch movies all day together on the couch. We don't have to talk. We don't have to say nothing. We can mm -hmm. just sit on the couch all day and watch shows. So you just know, which one you just you just understand and i think that's what it always has been for me yeah and so this has um been an incredible conversation and just know that i've like had made this decision anyway that periodically i was going to bring my kids on as guests because there's so many different stories you're talking about my perspective on being a dad my perspective on being a dad comes from parenting my children there's so many different stories and all of them that could go into a podcast and they have so many different stories in their own lives that really help me tell a story that I want to bring so periodically um, you're going to see all five of them at some point including my bonus child my nephew I'm talking to him about some things as well um, but what I want you to do what I want to say and then want you to do is she has an awesome business she told you earlier that she's an esthetician here in Atlanta, and I'm trying to, like, encourage her to really get more on the side of helping um, individuals not only understand their external beauty, but particularly for women and girls to understand their internal beauty. And I think that people will resonate with her with that through her voice. And so this is my actual trying to get her to, like, catch the fire. And so when she walks out of here, her brain is like, I could do this. Like that was, that was, yo, that was hot. Mm -hmm. And so just to get her fire going with getting out here and sharing how she thinks, sharing what she sees, sharing her experiences. And I want you all to support her. So what I'm going to do now is I want her to tell you all the ways that you can connect with her on social media. So connecting with me, um, all of my at names on Instagram and on TikTok, those are my main platforms will be at her face beauty um, my website is herfacebeauty.com. I keep all of those extremely up to date with all of my information, all of my new specials, everything that I'm offering in terms of my business, any new locations. If you follow me on my Instagram, my TikTok, or just stay up to date on my website, I try my best to keep my website as up to date as possible. So going on there, seeing new facial spotlights I put on there, um, I put all my results on there too. So you can go on there and kind of check my workout and see what I do. I do, I am going more towards advanced treatments right now and kind of straying away from the regular treatments. Um, but you can go on my website and kind of find a bunch of information about not only my business, but about me too and my journey throughout this process because it was a long one. And um, you can definitely see that through the videos that I post on TikTok and through my website. Well, thank you so much. And um, until next time.
I'll let you know on my podcast when she's launching her podcast. Um, and then for any of you, and we'll come back and talk to this. We'll talk about this subject matter again, because I want to bring her back on at some point because a huge part of her line is actually working with men, doing facials for men and working with guys. And so I want to kind of talk to her about her experience in, you know, providing those kinds of services for men and what kind of man you got to be to like want to walk into a spot to get a facial. And I'll say this and, you know, I'll break him in and have him talk about this. My 13 year old absolutely loves facials and it comes from his sister and my son is a man's man he's a man's boy <laughs> and so he gets it um he also gets getting his feet done and those kinds of things which is something that i just picked up on later on later in my life but until next time thank you so much for listening to i am dad podcast see you next sunday same place same time thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us you've been listening to i am dad podcast We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time. I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things because of this reminder. I will always understand that I am dad, period. period.